This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. The recent dispute between Lindsay Lohan and E-Trade involves a humorous commercial made by E-Trade. The commercial involves a baby girl and a baby boy using adult voices. The girl baby wants to know why the boy didn't call her last night. At the end of the commercial, she asks if Lindsay, the milkaholic, was over last night. Ms. Lohan claims the reference to Lindsay, the milkaholic, is a reference to her, and therefore her right to publicity has been violated. This dispute provides an opportunity to critically examine the right of publicity, which is a cause of action available in most, if not all, states today. First of all, it should be noted that the right of publicity is different than an unfair competition action or a trademark action. Existing unfair competition actions, which are available under state and federal law, allow a celebrity to control use of her name or likeness in a commercial context if the use will confuse the public into believing the celebrity is endorsing a product or service when they are in fact not endorsing a product or service. Likewise, a trademark infringement action also requires a showing of a likelihood of consumer confusion. A right of publicity action, in contrast, doesn't require any consumer confusion or even a likelihood of consumer confusion. Under the right of publicity, use of a celebrity's name or likeness is actionable, provided the use of the name or likeness will evoke an association with the celebrity. A key fact question in Miss Lohan's suit against E-Trade is whether a substantial number of people seeing the E-Trade advertisement will make an association between Lindsay the Milkaholic and Lindsay Lohan. If the baby in the ad had stated Lindsay Lohan the Milkaholic, Miss Lohan's case would be stronger. Nevertheless, some courts have allowed a common law right of publicity action with regard to anything in an advertisement that evokes an association with a celebrity. For example, in a 1983 case involving Johnny Carson, a portable toilet company used the phrase, Here's Johnny Portable Toilets, to promote its business. The court held this violated Johnny Carson's right of publicity because the phrase, Here's Johnny, was spoken by Ed McMahon when he introduced Mr. Carson on his nightly television show. And therefore, the reference to Here's Johnny Portable Toilets evoked an association with Johnny Carson. The fact that consumers would not think that Johnny Carson owned or endorsed the Portable Toilet Company was relevant to an unfair competition action, according to the court, but it was irrelevant to a right of publicity action. The majority decision in that case essentially adopted a functional test. If anything used in an advertisement triggers an association with a celebrity, it is a violation of the right of publicity. In light of the Carson decision, the only question with regard to whether Miss Lohan would prevail would be whether consumers associate the reference to Lindsay the Milkaholic in the E-Trade advertisement with Miss Lohan. Even if consumers make the association between Lindsay the Milkaholic and Lindsay Lohan, E-Trade, of course, could argue it's a parody that they're just making fun of Miss Lohan. However, some courts have distinguished between simply making fun of someone and making fun of someone in order to sell a product. In the Vanna White v. Samsung Electronics case, which is a 1992 Ninth Circuit decision, the court found an advertisement that made fun of Vanna White 
was not a parody because the advertisement was designed to sell Samsung VCRs. In contrast, if a skit appeared on the television show A Saturday Night Live, which made fun of Ms. White, that would presumably not be a violation of the right of publicity. The main goal of the skit would be considered artistic expression aimed at making fun of Ms. White. In contrast to the commercial made by Samsung Electronics, which made a fun of Ms. White in order to sell a particular product, namely Samsung VCRs. Under this analysis, E-Trade may be unable to prevail with a parody defense since the clear goal of their advertisement was to promote and sell its services. Some recent judicial decisions have indicated a willingness to curtail the broad scope of the right of publicity. For example, a 2007 case involving Major League Baseball players whose names and biographic data were used in a fantasy baseball league the court in that case, which was CBC versus Major League Baseball, 8th Circuit, found no violation of the right of publicity. I would argue that this case is inconsistent with the Johnny Carson case I previously discussed and that it represents a recognition by some courts that the right of publicity has been applied too expansively and perhaps its scope needs to be cut back or reduced. As a result of the uncertainty over the scope of the right of publicity, both parties in the dispute between Ms. Lohan and E-Trade may opt for a settlement to avoid protracted legal expenses, which will likely arise if the dispute proceeds to trial. And coupled with a degree of uncertainty with regard to who will prevail in a trial, both sides may prefer a settlement. The right of publicity is a relatively new intellectual property right, and as a result, some significant issues with regard to it are not totally resolved today. First, should the right of publicity apply to everyone or only to famous people or celebrities? Some states have right of publicity statutes that appear to apply to everyone. However, it is not clear that all courts will interpret the right to publicity to apply to everyone. Second, should the right of publicity survive a celebrity's death? The answer to this varies on a state-by-state basis. The answer is no in some states. In some states, a set period is set by statute with regard to how long the right of publicity rights will last after death. However, those time periods vary significantly from state to state. Nevertheless, the trend seems to favor allowing the right to publicity to survive the death of the celebrity, although how long, again, differs from state to state. Another issue is the interaction between the First Amendment right of free speech and the right to publicity. The interaction between the First Amendment right of free speech and the right to publicity is another issue some courts have begun to address. For example, if an artist creates an original likeness of a celebrity and sells it on t-shirts or posters, is that a violation of the right of publicity? The California Supreme Court addressed that question in the Comedy 3 case in 2001. In that case, the court borrowed the transformative test from the fair use analysis in copyright law. The court held that if the original likeness created by the artist is merely a lifelike work or reproduction, the right of publicity prevails over the First Amendment free speech right. However, if the original likeness is transformative because of the originality contributed by the artist, the artist's First Amendment right of freedom of speech prevails over the right of publicity. The final issue to be examined is what is the justification for the existence of the right of publicity cause of action? 
If a celebrity's name or likeness is used to falsely convey something about the celebrity, such as that he or she endorses a product when in fact they don't endorse the product, that is actionable under an unfair competition action under state law and in some cases under federal law. So the right of publicity is not necessary to protect celebrities whose name or likeness is used to mislead the public. Another thing to consider is whether the traditional justification for intellectual property law generally, such as copyright and patent law, supports a right of publicity. The goal of patent and copyright law is to benefit the public by economically incentivizing creative and innovative endeavors by providing property rights for such creative and innovative products. The rationale is that without such property rights, less money and energy will be invested in creating such products. Arguably, this justification does not support a right of publicity action because it is highly unlikely people will decide not to seek fame and celebrity status if no right of publicity action is available. Therefore, the right of publicity can be viewed as a means of protecting or maximizing the economic value of a celebrity's status or public persona. This could be justified under a labor theory. It takes significant effort to become famous, so the celebrity's status arising from such effort should be protected. The problem with this approach is that a labor theory is typically not the underlying rationale for extending property protection under U.S. law. In copyright law, for example, the Supreme Court specifically rejected this theory when it held in the Feist case that copyright law did not protect the sweat of the brow, and it rejected a long line of copyright cases based on a sweat of the brow or labor theory. Likewise, under patent law, many inventions are not patentable. Only inventions that satisfy several legal tests and survive a lengthy and expensive patent prosecution process are granted property rights pursuant to a patent. Most, if not all, states today currently recognize a right of publicity, either by statute or by common law, or in some states by both statute and common law, so the right is not likely to be abolished. However, I think the scope of protection under the right of publicity and its interaction with the First Amendment are a work in progress, which will continue to be refined by judicial opinions. And finally, I think the right of publicity will be cut back, or the scope of it will be cut back or reduced by judicial decisions in the future. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.